Welcome to The Monitor by CIBC's U.S. Middle Market and Investment Banking Group, a podcast series focusing on key insights, strategies, and trends in the U.S. middle market landscape. I'm your host, Ron Miller. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Alex Eskra and Dan Riley, who are both directors at CIBC. Gentlemen, thanks for joining the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Today, we're going to talk about the current state of the U.S. middle market. Alex is going to discuss the M&A market broadly, including deal volumes, private equity activity, valuations, and the debt markets. And Dan is going to add some of his insights on the software and technology industry. Alex, let's start with transaction volume. Last time we spoke, Q2 2023 transaction volume was down compared to 22. Can you tell us how Q3 2023 shook out? Absolutely, Ron. So I think broadly, the market was bracing for a bit of a slower quarter and third quarter confirmed that trend. Year over year, uh, we saw a 26% decline in deal volume compared to the same period uh, in 2022. I know we start every podcast talking about volume, but it's not all doom and gloom here. There's a bit of a silver lining at the end of Q3. Deal volumes are up, you know, sort of slightly from the previous quarter, which suggests there may be a potential rebound coming in 2024. You know, strategic buyers, I think, by and large, filled a bit of a gap where private equity firms have been more cautious lately. We'll talk about this a little bit more detail later in the podcast, but there's sort of a trend related to slumping private equity exit activity, which is causing a bit of a backlog of portfolio companies that at some point will need to transact and and should provide some good fuel for the M&A market going forward. It's also important to note that while overall volume has decreased year over year, the, the quality of deals hasn't necessarily followed the same trend. We've seen a number of high quality transactions taking place, particularly in sectors that have shown resilience, especially in the face of economic uncertainty, the usual suspects like healthcare and software. We've seen a lot of interest, but you know, also areas like home and facility services, tech-enabled businesses, and then there's also a big push into clean energy. So I think this is really, you know, sort of a testament to the middle market and how deal makers, you know, have been able to adapt and in some cases even thrive in what's otherwise a challenging environment. Great. Thanks, Alex. Dan, what's happened in uh, software and technology deal and deal volume over the last quarter? Yeah, you know, I'd say in software and technology, we've seen a pretty similar pattern where volumes are down about 28.5% year over year, but the sector is still active due to its resilience and sort of continuous innovation driving demand. And even in a downturn, companies in the space that show strong growth potential and scalability continue to attract a lot of interest. Great. Let's turn to private equity activity more specifically. Alex, what's happened in the private equity world in the last quarter? As I mentioned, private equity exit activity slowed considerably. Q3 was no exception to that. There was a bit of a crack in the IPO window in late Q2, which I think for some people offered a a glimmer of hope. But unfortunately, a looming government shutdown and the Federal Reserve's hawkish stance on uh, interest rates thrown a wet blanket on investor sentiment. While the traditional LBO market has regained some stability, I think stalled exit activity on the PE front is really you know, the new focal point and what deal makers are focusing on. According to PitchBook, exit value was down 41% you know, from last quarter, which you know, actually matched the lowest 
level achieved during the pandemic, which was Q2 2020 when we had all the lockdowns. Q3 essentially reversed all the gains that we made in Q2, essentially a 85% drop from you know the height Q2 2021. That being said, I think it's important to keep this in a historical context. You know, Q3 2023 is well above what we saw during the Great Recession, which, you know, was basically a third of the value that was achieved Q3 2023. Very interesting. Any insights, Alex, on the implications of this slower exit activity? Exit activity is you know really important factor in the PE capital formation cycle, and really you know an indicator of industry health. You know, in addition to determining fund performance, it provides cash flows that investors then recycle into new fund investments. So a prolonged imbalance between selling and buying can really disrupt the cycle, and it poses a real problem for the industry. I think you know by and large, a lot of this is caused by the contracted debt market. The less debt you can put on a business, the less you can pay for it. So a lot of fund operators are reluctant to sell at what they view as reduced prices. So they're going to need to come up with some creative solutions. I would expect that we're going to see a lot more announcements relating to secondary sales or continuation funds in the next year or two if exit activity doesn't pick up. Dan, have any of the themes that Alex uh, just highlighted impact the software and the technology sectors? I would say the sector overall is is somewhat insulated due to its high growth nature. You know, private equity exits may have slowed like in other industries, but there's still strong appetite for tech companies out there. And especially the ones with stronger recurring revenue models and high customer retention rates. Great. I think we've, we've just talked about deal volume. I'd like to turn to valuation. So Alex, what's happening with valuations, you know, over the last quarter or recently? Yeah, so valuations have been a, a bit of a complex story this year. Through Q3, year to date, we've seen sort of EBITDA multiples for uh, private equity backed LBOs uh, around 7.3 times, which is really just kind of a slight decline from what we saw in 2021 and 2022, which was 7.6 times. But there's a couple of factors at play here. You know, I think top of everyone's mind is higher interest rates, which have posed a, a pretty significant headwind. You know, I mentioned before, the less debt you can put on a business, the less you can pay for it. So, you know, that's exerting some downward pressure on valuations. I think the other thing at play here is th there's a lot of economic uncertainty, which has made buyers a little bit more cautious and, and more discerning which has largely translated into increased scrutiny on these potential acquisitions. Buyers are spending a lot more time with businesses, and we always say time is the enemy of all deals, which can impact our valuation and outcome. A couple of things that I would note here is that it's not all doom and gloom. Current multiples are still above uh, pre-COVID levels which suggests that you know the market is adjusting, but there's still a, a premium on quality investments. One of the things that we've noted this year is that the market has seen a shift with more lower quality uh, companies trading. These assets will naturally have lower value you know, at lower quality, but that's been somewhat balanced by the premium that buyers are willing to pay for those higher quality companies, which has kept multiples only slightly lower than what we've seen last year. Great. Dan, let's turn to software. Any recent trends going on in software valuations? Yeah, you know, I think the sector overall continues to command strong valuations, particularly with companies that are demonstrating sustainable growth and who are in more non-cyclical end markets. 
And this ongoing digital transformation is really supporting that trend where you see software just becoming more and more a key part of every industry. Great. Thanks. Alex, we've talked a lot about the debt markets over the last couple episodes of The Monitor. It's been a tougher market over the last year. What's going on with the debt markets now and any trends that have recently emerged? Yeah, I'm happy to shed some more light here. So the average total debt across all deals year to date through 2023 was 3.6 times as a point of perspective was down from 3.9 times all last year. Interesting thing I'd note here is that the subordinated debt has remained unchanged at about 0.7 times. We've really seen that decrease in the senior debt market with senior debt multiples being at 2.9 times, you know, just showing that there's a lot more caution in the traditional banking market. I would say that there's, you know, one bright spot in Q3 was that there was a significant rebound in the leveraged loan market, reaching a five quarter high volume of new loans surged by about 30% in Q3, which, you know, definitely exceeded expectations and is signaling to us that there's some renewed investor confidence. This increase was you know, largely driven by an increase in leveraged buyouts, which accounted for you know, almost 40% of all issuance, which is you know, a notable increase from the 25% that we observed in the first half of 2023. I'd say one of the biggest concerns over the last year has been the, you know, what we call the uh, debt maturity wall, which you know, is really just the number of loans that are up for repayment or refinancing which, you know, a lot of these loans when they were taken out were significantly lower rates, but in the current rate environment, it poses challenges for refinancing. Interestingly, the immediate maturity wall has been significantly mitigated through amend and extend activity. And for listeners, this is where borrowers will offer lenders, you know, a higher interest rate or other covenant concessions to extend the maturity of their loans. And the last time that this was really prevalent was during the Great Recession. But in the context of 2023, this activity has essentially doubled from what we saw in 2022. Overall, I think the market's done a really nice job of pushing out the maturity wall with about $16 billion in loans due before the end of 2024, which is down from $180 million at the end of 2021. So, you know, a significant change in outlook here. But it's not all roses. The long-term risk profile has shifted as that maturity wall has been pushed further out. The amount of debt that's due in 2028 and later has increased by about $370 billion. And then also the maturities have become riskier. There's a larger share of lower rated borrowers, which depending on how the market looks in 2028 could be fine, but you know, definitely more vulnerable to defaults if economic conditions are, are worse at that point. Interesting. Thanks, Alex. That could prove to make uh, next year pretty interesting. I'd like to turn now to software and technology more broadly. And uh, Dan, I got a couple questions for you on uh, on what you're seeing in the market. So for businesses that you've worked with recently, what has made some of these assets you know, really stand out in the marketplace? Yeah, I'd say there have been a few key factors at play. You know, strong performance, even in a slightly more challenging economic backdrop would be one. Uh, very strong recurring revenue mix would definitely be another and then you also see private equity firms being very thematic right now and looking at industries with secular tailwinds. And 
as you might imagine, if you can get if you can get all three of these together, it's really a great combination. Great. I'm sure we have some, you know, company owners or uh, advisors to companies listening. And if if you were an owner of a tech company right now, I think we've heard some mixed things about the market. Is now a good time to sell? And how should someone prepare? Or how could we help them prepare for a transaction if it is the right time? Yeah, I think what we're seeing right now is that there's a lot of demand out there for deals, but very low supply, particularly in the software and technology space. So we're seeing a lot of interest in A or even less than A assets right now. So I think we can really do a great job of running a process that takes advantage of that right now and really maximizes competitive tension to get that best outcome. Interesting. I mean, it's a choppy market. What are the obstacles that you're seeing in the marketplace right now? Yeah, I think within software, the primary thing we're maybe seeing right now is that it's a little bit harder to pinpoint on valuation for those companies because you see a lot of the public comparables are still down versus maybe 2021 or early 2022 levels. And there's also a wider dispersion in where M&A deals are maybe getting done from a multiple standpoint. But that kind of plays into our approach where we always want to be transparent with our clients up front and really set the right expectations on valuation and tell our clients, you know, this is the the level where we're highly confident in getting a deal done. And then we go deliver on that. Okay, great. Interesting times in all kinds of markets. So Alex and Dan, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. What I've heard, if I can summarize the themes that I think that I've heard both of you talk about, you know, first volumes in 2023 have been down compared to 2022. But there's some positive underlying dynamics which make that trend, you know, probably having been reversed and gives us some optimism for 24. Next, valuations are, you know, in some instances not as robust as they were in 2021, but high quality companies, given the supply demand imbalance, are really attracting record or near record prices. I think we talked about the debt markets, they remain constructive. You know, leverage loans are doing quite well right now. Interest rates seem to have maybe turned the corner. You know, the maturity wall, which Alex, you know, talked about in great detail, there's some good mitigants to that. There's some optimism to think that we could uh, get through that. And then lastly, although software deal volume is down, there's still a significant demand for the software businesses. And if you tell the story right, there's a wide range of value, but there's a premium value that can also be achieved for the right assets in this market. So Alex and Dan, thanks again for your time. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. The information and data contained herein has been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable without independent verification by CIBC Capital Markets and to the extent that such information and data is based on sources outside CIBC Capital Markets, we do not represent or warrant that any such information or data is accurate, adequate, or complete. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary herein, CIBC World Markets Inc. and or any affiliate thereof shall not assume any responsibility or liability of any nature in connection with any of the contents of this communication. CIBC Capital Markets is a trademark brand name under which different legal entities provide different services under this umbrella brand. Products and or services offered through CIBC Capital Markets include products and or services offered by the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, the parent bank of CIBC World Markets Inc., and various other subsidiaries of the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. For more information about these legal entities as well as the products and services offered by CIBC Capital Markets, please visit www.cibccm.com. Speakers on this podcast may provide short-term trading views or ideas on issuers or securities, but investors should not expect continuing analysis, views, or discussion relating to the securities discussed herein. Any information provided is not intended to represent an adequate basis for investment 
investors to make an informed investment decision and is subject to change without notice. CIBC World Markets, Inc. or its affiliates may engage in trading strategies or hold positions in the securities discussed in this podcast and may abandon such trading strategies or unwind such positions at any time without notice. Any dissemination, redistribution, or other use of this message or the market commentary contained herein by any recipient is unauthorized. 